0: Hello, everybody, and welcome to this week's edition of the Blue and Gold Report for Tuesday, October 16, 2012. I'm Mark Roberts, in for your host, Fumi Kimura, and for the next hour, we'll provide an inside look at UC Irvine Intercollegiate Athletics. My guests this week are women's head basketball coach, Doug Oliver, and men's distance runner from cross country, Rex Nelson, along with Barry Faulkner from the Daily Pilot. The Blue and Gold Report airs every Tuesday at five o'clock right here on K U C I eighty eight point nine FM and on the web. To listen live, go to UC Irvine Sports.com backslash BG Report and click onto the listen live link at the top of the page. By the way, if you have a question you'd like to ask of our guest, email us at the Blue and Gold Report, at Yahoo.com or tweet your question to at UCI Athletics and use the hashtag BG Report. Again, BG Report. We'll try to get in as many questions as possible during our hour. My guests this week again are Doug Oliver and men's distance runner Rex Nelson. But before we begin, let's take a look at what happened in UC Irvine Intercollegiate Athletics this past week. Julie Brooks, women's golf team, finished fourth at the Sahali Country Club in Washington last week. Michelle Park tied for second after shooting an even par 72 in the final round and finished the event with a 54-hole total of 217. In more women's golf, UC Irvine alumnus Selene Henderson placed 32nd in the stage two of the LPGA qualifying school to gain a spot in stage three with, of course, a chance to earn LPGA status for next season. Good luck, Selene. Henderson had a four-run total, by the way, of 291 in stage two play that concluded Friday at Plantation Golf and Country Club in Venice, Florida. The top 70, including ties, earned births, to the Stage 3 LPGA Q School, as it's known, which will be conducted November 28th through December 2nd at the LPGA International in Daytona Beach, Florida. Again, good luck, Selene Henderson. Vince Boyle's men's cross-country team won the Highlander Invitational Saturday and was led by st- junior Stephen Molina, who placed second with a fine time of 17 minutes, 45 seconds. The men had five runners in the top nine spot to post a total of 30 points and win the event on the women's side chloe fada ran the 4,000 meters in 14 minutes 14 seconds and finished 14th was followed by colin lillig who placed 15th with a time of 14 minutes 16 seconds uci finished the competition fourth with a total of 93 points again on the women's side Paula Weishaupt's women's volleyball team went one and one on the road last week, dropping a five-set battle at Cal State Fullerton before rebounding with a sweep at UC Riverside. Allie Squires posted a season high of 23 kills and 19 digs against Fullerton and added a team high 14 kills at UC Riverside. Scott Juniper's women's soccer team posted a win and a draw in road action last week, defeating UOP two to one and recording a one-one tie at UC Davis. North Carolina transfer Rachel Wood knocked in the game winner against the Tigers on a penalty kick, and Zoya Ferozani's goal in the seventy-ninth minute would tie the match. For the Anteaters, George Kuntz's men's soccer team won its first Big West match with a two-to-one triumph over Cal State Fullerton. The Titans jumped on the board first, but the Anteaters tied the game, and Enrique Cardenas drove home the winning goal in the 85th minute to secure the victory for the men's soccer program. And the fourth-ranked men's water polo team lost 10 to 6 to number eight Pepperdine. Mitch Wise led the Anteaters who are 14-4 and four on the year with three goals in that match.
1: Anteater fans, this is Rex Nelson from the men's cross-country team. There's a lot of action on campus this week. Catch the women's volleyball team twice as the Anteaters host San Diego State Tuesday in the Bren Center and Long Beach State Saturday at Crawford Court. First serve for both matches is at 7 p.m. Men's soccer has a home game this Saturday against Cal State Northridge at Anteater Stadium with kickoff scheduled for 7 o'clock. Grab an early brunch, then come watch the men's water polo team host the alumni game Saturday at noon at Anteater Pool. Come back Sunday as the Anteaters host UC Santa Barbara in their first home match since September 7th. Tip-off against the Gauchos is at noon. If you're planning on attending any UCI athletic events this Saturday or Sunday, portions of the 73 freeway will be closed due to Caltrans.
0: My first guest today is a friend of mine and a wonderful basketball coach, Doug Olivers, in his first year... As the head women's basketball coach at UC Irvine. And if you think he's nervous about it, I don't think so. Doug's been in the business 40 years. Had some incredible jobs, incredible memories, successes, and really has been around UC Irvine now for five years. For two years, a lead assistant to Pat Douglas in the men's basketball program when Pat was here. One year with Russell Turner as a lead assistant under Coach Turner's regime. And then last year, the lead assistant on the women's side. He's been a head coach. He's coached at Stanford. He knows it all. And the anteaters are fortunate to get him. Doug, good to see you. You look great.
2: Hey, thanks, Mark.
0: Why'd you take the job?
2: Well, I took the job because I'm a basketball coach. And, you know, actually when they made their change in the coaching position, uh, you know, they asked me to oversee the program as, you know, administrated in the spring while they move forward in their hiring process. And after uh, a few days of sitting in the office, you know, I pursued the job. I went after the position. and. And like I've told many people, I'm a basketball coach. I coach basketball. And, you know, there is a bit of a difference between, you know, coaching men and women. But having the one year under my belt of being on the floor with the young ladies, I really enjoyed it. And at this stage in my career, you know, I wanted to continue with basketball, and this
0: gave me that uh, opportunity. And you knew the program, as you just mentioned, uh, being a lead assistant last year, who was returning, who might be coming in. But also having a familiarity with the administration, your bosses, the people that were going to hire you and and the conference and things like that that certainly has to be a bit of an advantage rather than going to uh timbuktu for for that matter well, and, I, and having to learn all that
2: I agree with you i mean uh, you know knowing u c Irvine knowing uh, the people that were uh, involved in the hiring process, knowing the young ladies that were returning, returning to the program, you know made it a little easier to you know during the interview and during the you know pursuit of the position it made it uh, much more easy for me to lay out my plan
0: well with Doug Oliver, the head women 's basketball coach for the u c Irvine basketball program, this is an unfair question but i 'm going to throw it out to a friend who you 'll deal with it. How's practice been? it been two days. <laughs> what, what have you found out, well, if anything?
2: Well, actually, you know, my my basketball clock is set up for, you know, just the closest Friday to October 15th. But for the last couple of years, the women changed the rules. And they have one that they really? start, yes. And, they, and it, I mean, it actually, you know, was something that I had to change my planning. And they have a rule where you count back 40 days from the first day, I mean, first date of competition and you can practice 30 of those 40 days so we actually had our first official practice October 1 so we're into practice you know a couple weeks now so we're you know but we have to sort of gauge it you know how much do we put in and how fast we move because we have an extra couple of weeks on the floor than I'm used to
0: on the men's side well that's great now um, you returned seven or eight players a couple starters and a couple of key reserves And bring in a a whole new group uh, of some very talented players. Uh, First of all, have you been healthy, and do you like what you see?
2: Well, you know, I've been healthy uh, mentally and physically, so that's a good thing when you get to be my age. Probably most important. Yeah, that's important, and the girls want me in mental health, you know, good mental health. But uh, we still, you know, we have 14 kids out uh, at practice. And two, two returners, basically, ones that we'll count on as the season goes on, have not really been in any full contact drills, if you want to call it that. It sounds mm-hmm. like a football term, but basketball is a very physical game. And Jazz White has not returned from an ACL tear. She tore that the first week of January. But right. she is running, jumping, changing direction, doing some of the non-contact uh, drills. And so I expect her back, you know, hopefully by the start working her into practices and and exhibition games or the first part of our non-conference season, you know, in the early part of November. And then Annette Clintstone is yeah. has still down. She was, she? you know, she was hurt at the end of the season. You know, struggled to make it to the end of the year, and right now she has a little tenderness in uh, a knee and things. So we're moving her slowly with the same time frame. I expect right. two starters, two seniors. You know, I call them starters, part-time starters, if you will. But right. they they'll be back that first second week in November and healthy enough to help us throughout the season. Uh,
0: if you have to start the season with Annette. Uh, Maybe playing a little less than you would like. What would Kelly Megs handle that part? Or I know you brought in some pretty talented guards from the JC and high school level too. Well,
2: we did, and you know Kelly is going to be a bigger part of this, and you know have a bit of a focus at both uh, both guard positions, the two and the one. And uh, we have two uh, junior college players that we brought in, right. and, and Jen and Vanessa are very capable. Uh, Vanessa is a. Um, off guard, she's more of a scoring
0: guard. Eighteen where, points a game at a junior college. Yeah, no, wow. she, and
2: she can shoot, and she, you know, it's a, it's it is a change for both of them because the junior college to Division one, and I've I've done in my past a lot of junior college recruiting, i.e., at Idaho State on the men's side, and, right? And so I know how to be more patient with some of the things that you know, uh, expecting them to do, even though they're a little older and usually a little more physically ready to go. But both of them have basketball IQ good and especially with Jen uh she needs you know being a point guard and she is a point guard a pure point guard she's going to get you know the ball handed to her often Great. and it, so we have some depth there to make up for Annette's uh, until Annette gets healthy so I'm I'm com- I'm very comfortable there and then you know we play you know on the perimeter with uh, Methlin and you know so we're we we're going to be okay with, until those two that with uh, fighting little injuries get back
0: um, I'm hearing very good things about Camille Buckley.
2: Camille, is uh, she's everything that I think uh, we had hoped she would be. She sat out last year due to NCAA transfer rules. From LMU, right? From L- uh, from Loyola Marymount, yeah, from LMU. And, you know, she didn't practice a lot with us. She had a foot issue that, you know, she struggled with, and she would get, uh, you know, on the floor in a drill or two for a short while, and then her foot would act up. But, uh, you know, the training, uh, Carrie, our trainer, did a great job. Of monitoring that in the spring and summer got her back to where now she's 100 percent, you know, running, always the conditioning, the running part of the game. You know, she's 80 percent right now because you can't simulate what the the expectations and what you need to do for, you know, basketball Mm -hmm. until you start playing basketball. But the thing she does around the basket, her rebounding ability, she brings a presence to uh, to our program around the basket, and and she's got a toughness that maybe she can pull some of the other kids along to you know make us a very aggressive, tough basketball team.
0: Cheyenne, Kathy, Jasmine, Bernard are experienced players. Uh We've been kind of waiting for Cheyenne to, to step through. She's had a few moments, and Jasmine actually had some big games last year. Um, I imagine they're important part of that front line.
2: Well, they are, and I think right now, viewing it, you know, from my coaching perspective, uh, our strength is around the basket. Is it? And so, you know, I've gone so to which is a little different—a double low post type of offense. We're going to play a little three out, two in, so I can utilize those the the kids you just named. Probably with more minutes and and get them on the floor because Cheyenne brings the ability to you know step away and shoot it where J B uh and the rest have to be more around the basket. Yeah. The only thing that uh, I have to explain to the perimeter when you play that kind of double low post power basketball is that when they do dribble penetrate there's really nowhere to go they're going to have to make decisions to pull up and shoot it or drop it off to a post and you know late in games we will change you know how how we play we'll probably spread the floor a little more go four out one in or you know that basketball terms basketball 101 but we will do that depending on time and circumstance but Right now, I, I really am happy with the post play and the the depth and the flexibility they
0: give me. With your experience, our coaching staff will not be short on ideas, Doug. So <laughs> that's one thing we don't have to worry about. Do you uh, see at times it it being an up tempo team, or you know, this is an unfair question. I mean, because. The simple thing is, you is tell me, Mark, when we have a chance to run, of course we'll run. And, and, and when it's not there, we'll pull it back. But uh, are you going to try to play it more 94 feet, or, or, or would you prefer early in the year more uh, of a half court competition? We're going to play game? fast. Okay. And
2: I don't know right now if we're ready to sneak down the floor and stretch out defensively and run and dr- jump and trap and do those things. We hopefully evolve into some of that with a little more health a li- too. A little more health, a little more you know experience with the two seniors being ones that have not practiced. But uh, you know, I think with the, some changing defenses, you know, some trapping and right. things, we can do the same in the half court. But uh, you know, and I do hope, especially early on, and I will play ten ten uh, kids almost all ball games. But by the, the way, way you okay. do that is you do run. You put pressure on the opponent right. by pushing the ball. We'll go from fast break to an early offense, and then play from there, depending on how much time's on the shot clock. But I think one of the things that the kids have—I uh, won't say struggle with—but they're having to get used to—is that I've stopped practice uh, a number of times with. Uh, the idea that, why didn't you shoot that one? I said, and, and right. the way I explain it to him is, we put the ball ahead, you take one rhythm dribble, jump up and shoot it, because right. it's a 17-foot shot you can make. We have r- people running into transition that can be offensive rebounders, and you're putting a lot of pressure on the the offense by not taking that shot. We pass it around for 20 seconds, and we end up with the same shot. So why, why let's keep this simple. Let's, you know, uh, utilize our depth, And run 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 into situations like that
0: you hit the magic word when it comes to shooting rhythm rhythm dribble rhythm catch and shoot it's rhythm it's you know it's a flow Doug um, pretty good non-conference schedule couple of uh, nice tournament you go into New Mexico State uh, over Thanksgiving and then uh, a really nice trip against some pretty good teams Utah and Utah State and you're very familiar with that Coach Oliver was a head coach at Idaho State for eight years and did a great job up there and uh, probably can recruit and get some people from out of there with his contacts. So that's an interesting trip in San Diego State. Pretty, uh, pretty healthy non-conference uh, schedule. Yeah, to open
2: the season uh, at Santa Clara right. on
0: a Friday. Then that's then, your old neighborhood. Uh, that
2: is. It's right in the backyard. I think uh, I've got family friends. I think sure. we'll at least have a cheering section. There will be twenty, thirty, uh, great uh, people that I know have already, you know, looking to buy tickets. They'll be sitting behind the bench cheering, cheering us on. But you know, opening at Santa Clara, who beat us last year here Mm. and then San Diego State thumped us and so they're very good but they're you know that's a good gauge for us because they're moving into our conference and but that's the first two games of the season and so we'll have a pretty good feel where we're at after those two uh, ball games.
0: What do you think of Hawaii being in the conference and and having the trip over there and not for a vacation? Yeah
2: no I've I've done that a lot. I mean, uh, so I've I was in the worked at University of Utah for a year when Hawaii was in the old what they called the old whack then. So we made that trip, and uh, you know, for when you're in the mountain region to get out of the snow into the sunshine was a uh, you know a challenge. I mean, good fun, but it was a challenge to keep the kids focused. But. Uh, you know, it's just another uh, business trip for me. Right. And, but we're going to make sure the kids experience something. We're going to go in there, have some fun, practice, good. play hard, and then when we return home, you know, play the next opponent. So sure. I, I think I have an idea how to handle that trip. But we're going to smile along the way.
0: Good. Well, I think it's good to have Hawaii in the conference. It it gives the conference multi states a, a little more of a, a of a larger profile, launcher shadow. And then with San Diego State coming next year. Uh, I like the moves, and I'm um, certainly the anteater men's and women's basketball programs, among others, will be ready. Doug, um, looking back on a tremendous career, um, 14 years as a lead assistant at Stanford under two two different coaches, the most prominent, uh, one of a uh, legendary coach, Mike Montgomery. You guys even got to the final four. And it was really the golden age of Stanford basketball when you were there because of the players you had in, in that run Stanford had in the late 90s, early 2000. Um, who have been the big influences on your career uh, you know working with them or just going to seminars oh. and learning and being around
2: well my i consider my basketball mentor is the the coach i worked for at boise state way back in the late six uh, late 70s i won't go 60s late 70s right. i was an assistant at boise state 76 to 80 and i was a young assistant and the gentleman i worked for bus Connor, uh, who still lives up in the boise area was really? there as a 8 10 years as the head coach he was a great offensive basketball mind and mm-hmm. i learned so much uh, offensive basketball from him and we still stay in touch i mean we talk i uh, you know he'll come for sure he'll be at the utah state utah games when we play there he'll right. come over from boise he even he called me when he heard that boise state was moving into the big west the same time san diego state was but you know, so I, I consider him not only a friend but my mentor, but when you're exposed to the success uh, that we had at Stanford with Mike Montgomery, I mean he, you know Mike is a, a taskmaster. He's very good at uh, mm-hmm. you know putting a program together, and you know I've told my my staff now, my assistants and uh, even the players. I said, these practice plans we have are very similar to the same ones that we had at Stanford, and when I was a head coach at Idaho State, they, haven't, they don't waver too much. I, I'm teaching and coaching basketball.
0: Is there a memory that stands out from the 1997-98 Final Four, of which the Cardinal and and you being the lead assistant were a a big part of? Well, when we beat... Rhode Island to
2: get to the final four, and the that the game. Oh, we were down seven eight points with fifty four seconds left, and we ultimately won that in regulation by you know a couple ba- uh, points. I actually think we ended up final score may have been one, yeah. uh, one point, but uh, they threw in a, a long three point three shot at the, at the as buzzer. we were celebrating. But to be down seven eight points under a minute and st- have the ability to come back and win the ball game was just, to send us to the final yeah. four was just amazing, and then. Still, one of the great games that I was involved with was an overtime loss in the semifinals of the Final Four to Kentucky. We t- went into True overtime, right. and it with was Patino there, right? No, no, it oh, uh, was, tub, was Tubby. Tubby was there, okay. And but the game went overtime, and uh, you know we just couldn't we uh, we couldn't pull it out. But it was just the thing I remember most about that was walking off the floor of that game. And at that time, the Final Four was all the head coaches sat down below, and as we walked out. You looked up and you didn't want to make too much eye contact because you'd lost. Mm-hmm. But every coach was standing, given the team was standing a ovation as we left because it was one of those kind of memorable games. ball games. Yeah. Oh,
0: absolutely. And so th-
2: those things, you 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 know, I reflect back on now. Yeah. At the time, it was like, damn, we lost. Yeah. You know, but
0: great accomplishments, great memories, and the exhilaration and, and disappointment at the same time. That's that's the bundle for, no, for athletics. and Everything it is.
2: Division one athletes has all those elements.
0: You have. Uh, a beautiful, talented, bright young wife, Debbie. And uh, what what were her feelings when she found out? Uh, number one, you were interested in taking the job and got the job as a head coach. She has a busy schedule. You already had a busy one. Um, her thoughts on that?
2: No, I, I. You know, Debbie and the family. I mean, yes. you talk about all, right. the, all the, kids, the grandkids, kids. They were probably my biggest supporters. They wanted me to Good. have a team. They like to follow a team. It's a lifestyle for us. It has been for many, many years. You know, Debbie and the girls in particular, they've been uh, college athletes. At, you know, not the Division One level, but, still. Uh, you know, still they, they, they know about competition. And they enjoy, you know, following basketball. You know, this this year it will be, you know... And eater basketball on the women's side, but uh, you know they, it's more. I get so much support from that end, and they laugh. I mean, even now, right now, Debbie'll look at me. She goes, "You're thinking basketball, aren't you?" And it could be ten o'clock at night. And I said, "Yeah, I've got some out of bounds plays running through my head." But every coach does that, of course. You know, and then she's, you know, she'll be at the games early, watching teams warm up. She likes to watch the opponent warm yeah. up and make make her own evaluation of you know what to look for. So I mean, like I said, she's knowledgeable. It, it, she is, and it's it. I use the word rate it's a lifestyle for us, right. and we sort of put a lot of things on the back burner for from October through March, you know for that six month five and a half six month stretch because it's just the, the way it's been for many, many years but
0: it, it, it's good. It's good for us. So you'll have to put that hobby of yours, gardening, on hold for a bit, huh?
2: I still. When I get, to, you know, either I'm cleaning because I get nervous. You'll see me even on the bench when I get nervous during the game. I fold the towels. I'm sort of backward. You know, like Tarkanian used to you chew on. Them, I yeah. fold it and then I grab another one and fold it as I'm watching. It's just a, right. a nervous habit. Right. But uh, I go out to, you know, clear my head. Um, you know, I'll go out in the yard and just start pulling weeds and trimming shrubs that don't need to be trimmed just to, you know, get, get my head clear and get alone. And when I was at Idaho now, you know, dead of winter, uh, we'd lose a home game. You know, when that happened, we'd lose a home game. I'd go home and start shoveling snow. And when my neighbors would get up, maybe I'd shovel their uh, walkway also. They said, oh, it was a tough game because coaches sh- shoveled three houses. You know, it'd be 10 o'clock. I'd be outside shoveling snow. Just What
0: to, an amazing story and idiosyncrasy. Know, Thank everybody, you for everybody, that. Everybody has. Yeah. You
2: know, coaches, we have our own yeah. little things. But I'd get home and bundle up, and I'd go out and start shoveling just to get that anxiousness out of my system so I could get some rest and get back to work the next day.
0: Absolutely, and and you are an awfully hard worker. Doug Oliver, our guest, we have a couple more minutes with the coach. By the way, the first exhibition game for the UC Irvine Women is October 30th. As we tape on a Monday, the show airs on Tuesday. Two weeks from the time that you will hear it, that will be against Cal State San Marcos. Their regular season opener against Santa Clara is November 9th, and you can go to the, the women's basketball webpage, and they'll have all the information of home and away games. Most of the games will be live on 80. Eight point nine FM KUCI. And if they're not, and there's only seven or eight that won't be live on the radio, they'll be on the internet. Darren Preston will have the play-by-play for you. Doug, uh, how do you see the conference this year? Uh, Last year, I mean, Santa Barbara came from nowhere, but that wasn't really a surprise. It was so um, evenly balanced uh, last year where where teams were knocking off each other uh, as best you can tell. I mean, you haven't obviously... Seen who everybody's brought in, but how, how do you see the conference well, issue?
2: You know, Santa Barbara actually finished, you know, you know sixth. sixth or so, and they ended up uh, beating us in the first round here, and we were dinged up. We just weren't healthy. You had half a team, be- and we'd beaten them twice during the regular season, and they went on to win the tournament and go to the NCAA tournament. That's mm-hmm. just. Big West basketball. Right. Now, uh, Cal Poly was very, you know, at the top of the league along with Northridge. Northridge lost a center that was unstoppable for us. I mean, yeah. and some, you know, because we didn't have size, and she could, you know, she was experienced. She could really score the ball from twelve, fifteen feet in, and was, you know. Very difficult for anyone with their back to the basket. But, you know, with her gone, they had a lot of underclassmen. So they, I think Northridge could be a very, very good basketball team. Cal Poly lost, you know, one of the top players in the conference, right. uh, another type of post player, but and a couple other kids. But So I, I, I agree with you in that, you know, it's a little up for grabs right now, right. and it could be, you know, it could be fun. It could be one of those... Uh, years where there's every weekend teams are changing that one, two, three spot. And and so, you know, hopefully we're in the mix and, you know, we're going to play as hard as we can. I, I can't evaluate us until I get a few games under our belt in November or December and, you know, start watching other teams that we will be in our conference on videotape. But I, I do believe that, uh, you know, we have a toughness that uh, we
0: played with last year that we're going to challenge and be in every ball game. Well, the school was smart enough to give you a contract with some length to it. I'm not going to tell everybody how many years there is, but it's a while. And you will win, and they will give you some time to uh, put that Oliver touch on it. We're going to take a quick break with Doug Oliver. Be back to wrap up our interview with Doug. Right after this, as you're listening to the Blue and Gold Report on 88.9 FM, KUCI in Irvine and KUCI.org.
2: This is Head Coach Doug Oliver of the Women's Basketball Program, and you're listening
0: to the Blue and Gold Report on KUCI 88.9 FM. Welcome back to the Blue and Gold Report. I'm Mark Roberts, sitting in for Fumi Kimura this week with Doug Oliver, the new head women's basketball coach at UC Irvine. And for you Anteater fans, you all know Doug. He's been here and done some great things with the men's program previously and the women's program. Before we finish up, I want to identify a really fine staff that you put together, and I'll, I'll let you do the uh, do the talking. Annie my Laure, Laure, Lauren Bowie, Bowie, and Michelle Augustova. Tell us about them and your reasons for putting the staff together well i I was fortunate enough
2: to the year i spent last season on the women's side i work with annie Mai and uh, lauren bowie and both of them former players here uh you know and so i i believed in their work ethic i i i think that they have the uh, ability to be really good college basketball coaches but you know when you're putting your staff together you want to cover all the bases of administrative work personalities, uh, on-the-floor coaching, recruiting is, you know, the lifeline to any program. And they are very outgoing and knowledgeable about this institution, know what it takes to be a good uh, student-athlete here. So, you know, I was happy to retain them, and they wanted to continue being part of this program. And then Michelle Augustavo, she was, you know, a, a young lady that I was introduced to, and she gets it she played uh, a Correct. couple years at university of san diego and then with a coaching change she transferred back up to university of washington where she was a very you know very good player both both institutions and she gives us a little different slant uh mm-hmm on the recruiting and you know different look on the floor she's you know i i have them sort of pigeonholed in lauren works with the post players annie being a former point guard she works with the the point guards and michelle being a shooter and a scorer during her college career Uh, she's on the you know working with the wings so that allows me to move from spot to spot to spot and, uh, you know, watch and evaluate right. and, and, you know, know what I have to add to practices or take out just by, you know, what I see. And then our, ops, uh, our operations person is a, a former player at University of San Diego, Kiva Herman who you know will be mostly involved with administrative things and some of the video and she was an excellent fine player during her career and actually played okay. a couple of years professionally in Europe so uh, I have a energetic young uh, staff of Great. you know, of women that uh, will Really help move this program forward,
0: right? And and being the age, being so close to the players, great for as far as relations and and just the you know the camaraderie that goes along. Doug, we'll close on this. How do you like the format of the women's side of the conference tournament this year? With the first uh, the semifinals to get you to the final four, which is at the uh, Honda Center at uh, at the Bren Center. Yeah,
2: well, I mean, you know, a little bit of a home court advantage if you get there. I mean, it is if you can get there and play there. You know, you'd like to to win it, so you can just bypass uh, some of those. Rounds. Right, but I mean, if you have to play, might as well be at home. It right. didn't work out for us last year, but we were physically, like I've mentioned a couple times, we weren't in that kind of condition to, you know, probably beat anyone. we were down to four healthy players, but right. you know that format will, ha- you know, may help us if it, if it comes to that, but. Uh, everyone have played in the brand tournament time. Everyone steps it up. But, you sure. know, if you have to go anywhere, you might as well stay at home for that. But sure. I would really like and enjoy watching this
0: team play at the Honda Center if we're good enough. Oh, you will be. You will be. Doug, they're in great hands. It was a great hire. Uh, everybody in athletics that have been around this university and especially the uh, men's and women's basketball programs for years was praying you'd get the job, and they were smart enough to do it. We we're in good hands. I wish you all the best. Be out to see you as much as I can, and, and thanks for the friendship yeah, over we, the years.
2: We have a number, number of doubleheaders uh, at home with the, yep. the men's program, so I will see you, and I appreciate the kind
0: words, Mark. All right. Doug Oliver is our guest. We'll take a break and be back with more on this edition of the Blue and Gold Report on the home of Anteater Athletics, 88.9 FM, K-U-C-I.
2: Pictures are worth a thousand words and we want you to join the conversation by following UC Irvine Athletics
0: on Instagram. Search UCI Athletics and start sharing your favorite anteater photos. Welcome back to the Blue and Gold Report. I'm Mark Roberts sitting in this week for Fumi Kimura. Next guest is somebody familiar to the show, a friend of the show, senior cross-country runner, and he is a dandy, Rex Nelson. Rex a sociology major has had a great, well, it's not really a start anymore. It really had a great season as we kind of begin to wind down in the cross-country schedule for the eaters The Big West Conference Championships are a little bit less than two weeks away. They'll be held at UC Riverside on October 27th, and Rex Nelson is a key key competitor with a chance to win the outright championship certainly based upon his work this year Rex it's good to see you and it it seems a quantum leap you were a fine runner last year, but a quantum leap from last year's uh finishes in and, and times to uh this year um yeah. h- how'd you do it uh well, just this summer
1: I really just didn't do much besides training mm-hmm. i re- you know I trained three times a day. Uh, morning afternoon and in the evenings um didn't didn 't party didn't didn 't have a girlfriend really yeah. uh, well that 'll
0: that 'll be after the year yeah, it 's coming up that's
1: yeah and I really just got serious about it i really i made sure I did all my stretches made sure I rolled out made sure I took care of myself so i didn 't get hurt that 's probably been my main problem the past few years has been injuries right and uh, yeah
0: other than that it's just all worked out now you say you worked out uh, three times a day uh, with your routine was it all running the three times or was some of it weight some of it just uh, calisthenics it was, stretching or it was what uh, was it running and then core and then I would do then I'd bike
1: and then mm-hmm. I'd swim and then I'd bike again wow And then some, and then at nights I'd go to yoga and Pilates
0: classes too that's dedication. Yeah. And didn't all that hard work build an inner confidence, too? It's, uh, it's definitely helped me in my running, that's for sure. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Rex Nelson was the Big West Conference Athlete of the Week in September after finishing second out of 229 runners. That's not second out of eight or 46. That's out of 229 runners at the highly regarded UCI Invitational September 8th. And uh, the Anteaters, by the way, finished fourth out of 19 teams in that meet um, alright you finished second how close were you f- from getting first
1: uh, well I was probably about 15 16 seconds off of first Yeah, which he was the same guy who won this year who won last year he must be awfully good what's his name his name was uh, John Gilbertson and last year he he beat me by over a minute so this year I three quarters of a minute yeah, you knocked off I caught up to him and I, I think he actually ran slower this year than he did the year before
0: doesn't matter. Yeah, that's that's tra- tremendous uh, improvement right there. Um, what did Vince Boyle know so much about middle distance and long distance running? What has he had to say uh, to you about your improvement and uh, you know what you've accomplished? Oh, he's been happy. He's been very supportive of me, and he helps me with
1: my running, and he just gives me plans to follow. And I couldn't I couldn't have done it without him.
0: That's for sure. Rex, you followed up on uh, about. Uh, Two weeks, three weeks later, make it on September 29th, running at the prestigious Stanford Invitational. We were 15th out of 265 runners there. And that's where they separate the men from the boys. Uh, tell us about that race, the confidence it gave you, and and where you feel you stand based upon that. That was another big race that I'm proud of because
1: I, I just went out with the leaders from the gun, and I just hung with the top pack, the top five, ten guys, yeah. about about a mile to go. And then I think they probably just had a little bit more strength than me, and they put a little bit of, put about 30 seconds on me. But I think ever since then, I've, especially since then, we've put, like, the work I've put in has been the hardest running training I've done, probably in my entire life, and with the team as well. And I think I've, by the time the conference meet and probably the regional meet, I can probably close that gap and
0: run, hang with those guys. I believe you. I yeah. can see it in your eyes right now that that you mean it. Uh, as we tape the show, it's October 15th. The conference championship at UC Riverside is October 27th. Will you run in anything, any meets between now and then? Uh, n- not seriously. Yeah. Uh, okay. Next
1: week, I'll, we have this rule for the NCAA where we have to complete six races in a season. And we don't have enough spots on the roster to field a B team. Right. So what we're going to do is just have the A guys will just jog the race, just use it as like a run. Okay. And then after that, we'll just compete seriously at the Big West
0: Championship. And uh, how many runners from the Big West Championships will advance to the regionals? Um, all run- All teams are invited to the yeah. regional
1: meet. Oh, um, okay. i did not so not aware of that. So whether you'll, they want you'll to compete go or not. That. Yes.
0: yes. Yeah. And then at that point from the regionals, how do they separate that from the uh, NCAA? Usually I, it's the top two teams in each region get an automatic
1: bid to the national meet. Okay. And then there's, f- I think, four to six wild cards throughout the entire nation. And those are given to the teams that have scored the most points or performed the best at the end of the season, and they get the wild card spot.
0: Let's say you win... Um, the regional meet, wh- which is certainly not an impossibility, you win it, but UC Irvine finishes quote out of the money for advancing the NCAA. Do you get to go to the NCAA? I do. There's, uh, they take the top, I think five or six.
1: Individuals Individuals. who are not on a qualifying
0: team. Gotcha. I knew there was something in there. Uh Good. Good. We want to make sure there's a multitude of ways for you to get in there. Not that Vince couldn't get his team all the way there on its own, but but it's good that there's a a second avenue with you. Um, You graduated right down the street a beautiful Newport Harbor High School. Was UC Irvine always uh, on the radar for you? You know, it's funny, uh
1: UCI up until halfway through my senior year of high school, UCI was at the absolute bottom of my list. Wow. That I wanted to yeah. It didn't wasn't until, you know, Coach O'Boyle started phoning me and started inviting me over into well this officially of course on a recruiting trip to meet the team. Mm-hmm. That's when I really and the things he told me that I can accomplish and the, the you know the history with UCI with running that really changed my mind and i think i i think i made the right choice.
0: Oh, actually. we're glad to have you. Yeah. you. You did make the right choice and you'll be one of those guys that is remembered, you know, not just a nice that he competed, got a letter and, and and was part of the program but but really a key leader. Uh your sisters on the women's team, tell us about that and, and the relationship uh as athletes and brother and sister. Oh, my sister is my best friend. Like she always Great. since I've been growing up and
1: I'm glad that she's on the team, and I'm glad that she gets to experience what I get to experience. And I mean, she's had her troubles in college running, but I mean, so does everybody. And I think, I mean, I think she's, I mean, she works hard and she enjoys it. I mean, that's, I think that's all that matters. Rex, uh,
0: you're a major in sociology. What, um, when you finally settle down in the real world, quote, real world, whenever that might be, uh, what areas and what type of work uh, are you? initially going to look into? Well, I really
1: want to get into sales, some kind of sales, interaction with people. That's, I really find, you know, interacting with people to be fulfilling for me. You'll be good at it. And I I think something like that just will keep me interested. And I think, you know, sociology, the the study of human interaction is something that fits for me.
0: Great, great. And uh, have you enjoyed just the environment of this campus itself away from athletics? I do. I think the campus is beautiful. Yeah.
1: And I know the weather is Perfect, every, almost every day, and I would I would enjoy going here even if I wasn't running. You're very tight with your father, and, and you uh, you credit him with uh, having a big influence on your life. I couldn't be where I am today without my father. I would, he is probably the biggest influence in my life. I feel, and it's wonderful. Uh, and he's he's kind of my my other coach. To, yeah, to sure. Say. I, I talk, coach for life. Yeah. Coach for life. Yeah, and you know he helps me with my cross training. Because, you know, he was a swimmer when he was in high school, so he's very knowledgeable about that. And he, whenever, you know, I'm not running or I need to do an extra training, he'll set up swim workouts for me or he'll set up a, a bike workout for me. And I think that's that's what gives me the edge, I feel.
0: And you love movies, Godfather and Godfather 2, yeah. uh, which uh, might be the two greatest American movies ever made. I mean, they'd be up there with Citizen Kane, Gone yeah. with the Wind, yeah. uh, you know um, – Maybe Casablanca might be up there w- with them, but uh, incredible films. Uh, and uh, your favorite a- actors are Al Pacino, Russell Crowe, and Tom Hanks. Pretty good guys. Probably, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Al's a little crazy in person. Uh, I know some people that know him, but uh, <laughs> one of the most amazing actors ever. Do you like Steve McQueen? You ever seen any of his I movies? I like Steve McQueen, I the think. King of Cool. Yeah,
1: I think he's pretty cool. Yeah, but, I don't. Was he in Cool Hand Luke? I can't. Uh, remember. That, that's Paul Newman. That Steve Paul Newman, McQueen was yeah. in Bullet. Bullet. The Great
0: Escape, uh, Papillon, uh, Magnificent Seven, uh, First Thomas Crown Affair, th- those kind of things, you know. So Paul, Paul Newman was in Paul, Butch Cassidy. Uh, That's another. Yeah, Paul going. Newman. Yeah, Paul Newman. Wonderful, wonderful yeah. man and actor. Gr- gr- great that you know your movies. I'm a movie buff myself. And we have a couple moments. Uh, an amazing and wonderful. Um, I wouldn't call it hobby of yours. I I think it's uh, leisure activity. And um, aside to you is your. Um, a uh, fascination and really uh, extensive collection of cologne. You know, I've... Uh, Tell us about that.
1: I yeah. Over the years, you know, I've been collecting colognes and different types because I like the scents and I think sure. different occasions and stuff. But in the past year or two, I have, I've kind of slowed down a little because I've got a little bit too much cologne. I think okay. it's, a, yeah. you know, a little bit of a money drain too because they're not cheap. So, no, they're not. Yeah, so... Uh, I'm pretty set for quite a few years with how much colognes. I, I mean, if a new one comes out and I, you know, I like the scent, I think I might pick it up. But you know, other than that, I'm pretty set for now.
0: Well, you say for different occasions. So let's let's just do two. I'm going to give you two uh, two scenarios. One would be uh, you're going out to have pizza with a couple of your buddies from the cross country team. What kind of cologne for that? Okay, that's just the basic, you know, I have this uh, Sean John
1: cologne that I wear just everyday occasions. It's yeah. I've had it for a couple of years now. I just like, it's a very kind of a, a, a uh, it's not very intense. It's kind of like a, kind of a shallow smell. It's just, it's not very invading of the nostrils or anything like that. Yeah. And I usually wear that one for day to day.
0: All right, and then you're on a date and you're going to the music center to see, uh, I don't know, a Neil Simon play or, uh, you know... Uh, something like that uh a little bit more formal dress with uh, with your girlfriend what what would that be
1: well if that's the case um i'd probably get out my ralph lauren romance cologne okay. for my if I'm with my girlfriend i'd probably yeah. get that out and you know that's that's another kind of a, another softer scent but it's a little more it's a little sweeter and i think i think she likes it so i think uh uh, I think I'd probably go with that one. Hey,
0: I'm taking notes here. I'm taking notes here. That Ralph Lauren romance <laughs> cologne. You know, they may have a new buyer. You may have, may have just promoted that for me. Uh, anything that's good enough for you. Is certainly good enough for me. Hey, you're you're are a gas, and it, it's it's great that, that you came back. We had John the two or three years ago. They run together for me when you get my age, you know. But uh, it it is great. I wish you nothing. But the best on the twenty seventh, and really, since you will be running in the regionals, that's a huge one too, and and get to the NCAA's and uh, really make it a, a a grand ending for a great career at UC Irvine as far as that. And, uh, Hope you come back and be around. We need people like you coming back to visit, Rex Nelson. Yes, definitely. Thank you very much for having me on the show. I appreciate we're, it. We're glad, we're glad to have you. Best to you and your sister, Ava. Okay? Thank you very much. We'll take a break. I'll be back with Barry Faulkner. We'll do some talk about what's going on currently in UC Irvine Athletics and what's coming up. That's right after this. And you're listening to the Blue and Gold Report, as you do every Tuesday, on KUCI and KUCI. Dot org Ila Nation, this is Scott Juniper, head coach of the women's soccer team. Do you tweet? If so, be sure to follow UC Irvine Athletics and me. Join the Twitter atsy and search Scott Juniper and UCI Athletics to get the inside scoop on the women's soccer program and all the Antieta teams. And we are back here at the Blue and Gold Report on the UC Irvine campus. I'm Mark Roberts in hosting today for Fumi Kimura. A friend of mine and a talented writer, you probably know him from many years of working with me on previous Blue and Gold Report shows and his fine writing for the Daily Pilot. Barry Faulkner joins me for the first time this year, and he'll be part of the show bi-weekly a couple times a month, we think, uh, with Fubi Kimura down the road. But he's here with me today, my good fortune. Barry, good to see you. How you been?
3: Same to you. Good to see you, Mark. Happy New Year, I guess.
0: Yeah, I guess, yeah. happy New Year <laughs> as far as far as the UC Irvine uh, athletic year. Um, Barry, you've always done a wonderful job, and and I, you really enjoy working all sports, but none m- more so, I don't think, than uh, soccer. So let's start with the women's soccer program that had a pretty good weekend—a win and a tie, I believe.
3: Yeah, they've uh, they've survived their really really challenging schedule. They're four one and one in their last six. Yeah, they're two zero oh, and one in their last three. So they're turning it around as they get into conference, which they've excelled at the last couple of years as two time defending regular season conference champions. So they've got it back going, and there's a competitive uh, standings this year. Cal Poly's jumped out to five zero and one start, so they're in first. Uh, UCI right now is in second, and there's a pack a chase pack uh, at, with twelve points. UCI is thirteen, Cal Poly sixteen. So. Uh, you know, they're right in the thick of things. They're, they're title contenders once again. Right. And uh, it's just a matter of taking care of business. Long Beach State, which obviously went to the Elite Eight last year, has had a couple losses in conference. They lost to Cal State Fullerton the other night. Uh, so there's a big match coming up uh, with the Anteaters at Long Beach State this coming Saturday, 7 p.m., under their new lights there. And that's going to be crucial for the Anteaters to see if they're uh, – Keeping ahead of the chase pack and also in the title chase.
0: Right. That would definitely get some separation for them. Fullerton looms on the edge. Now, is it the same as last year? The top four teams will have uh, a tournament and decide who is the uh, conference champion out of that? Yeah, the women's format hasn't
3: changed from last year, whereas the men have. But the women remains the same. So top four gets you in the tournament. Uh, you know, semis, finals, and then we decide on the NCAA.
0: Turning our attention to the mid, uh, you know, looking at their overall record, it's disappointing, but that certainly part of that is not based upon a difficult schedule, and part of that is that George Kuntz has sent the bar so high for this program. A <laughs> I mean, wonderful coach, unbelievable success the last five years, but they uh, had a good week this week, and all things are possible for them. Can you break it down a little bit? Uh, of where they're at and what their season's been like, Barry?
3: Yeah, they beat Cal State Fullerton Saturday, which which really ended a serious funk for them, and they lost seven in a row. They were winless in their previous ten matches. But out of it all, there is a silver lining, blue skies ahead perhaps because at 1-4 at and four in conference, because of the divisional format. North in, and South. North and South in conference play. The South is a very weak division this year, or relatively much weaker than the North. I shouldn't say very weak, but relatively much weaker. So at 1-4... and four, they are basically tied for second in that four-team division. Cal State Northridge just jumped out four and one in conference. Mm-hmm. Uh, UCI and UC Riverside are one and four. Cal State Fullerton o oh, four and one. So, Irvine is in a very good position to secure second place in that division, and which would mean a tournament berth because in the, the Big West.
0: The top two from each division will meet in quote the final four. Uh, the conference tournament, and, of course, the winner gets the automatic berth. That's how it works. Correct. Boy. Um, why did they change the format, I wonder? Do you, do you have any idea? Have because Sacramento
3: State them? came in, and I think there was an odd – I think there are nine teams in the conference this year. Uh, my math could be a little off here. Yeah, yeah eight,
0: there's eight now. Okay. That made it eight from seven.
3: Made it eight from seven so, to right. eight. So they just – I'm not sure it – Behooves them. I mean, I thought it wasn't broken. Why fix it? And you go from seven to eight, that seems to me to be rounding into configuration rather than, uh, you know, going the other way. But they decided to change it. I mean,
0: it keeps more interest maybe uh, for schools that are in the the mid level areas. I guess so. You could maybe
3: liken it to a wild card where you're, I mean, Irvine this year, they're they're thankful they changed it because one at four, normally they'd be be crying in their milk. And here they're, uh, you know, they're talking about still staying alive.
0: And uh, Cal State Northridge comes to UC Irvine. That will be on this Saturday, October 20th. And then first, UC Irvine goes to UC Riverside. So um, they're playing a couple schools in their own division. If they can knock off Northridge, I mean, that would be a huge feather in their cap. But uh, they, they've got to beat Riverside. Riverside's a huge game.
3: The good news is they get two with each of the three teams in their division still. So. Yeah. Uh, yeah, but it is a big match. Every match is big at this point, and and at Riverside Wednesday is crucial.
0: Yeah. Uh Anybody stood out on the men's or women's sides this year for uh, postseason? Honors? It's kind
3: of been a balanced group. I mean, Cameron That's- Iwasa has five goals for the men. Gore Kirikosian has four goals and four assists. He's the leading point uh, man for the for the men. He's just a fre- he's just a junior, excuse me, a JC transfer. Pretty exciting player. Cameron Iwasa is a sophomore who's really stepped up from his freshman year, which was a solid contributor late in the season. Those two are leading the offense. Mm -hmm. On the women's side, the offense has been sporadic. Uh, Both teams, men and women, have been outscored by their opponents. Mm -hmm. Uh, The women's leading scorer is Natalie um, Ledesma, and she has three goals and five assists. So that's not a huge amount of production. I think last year she had nine or ten goals five or six assists if, if I'm if my memory serves uh so scoring is down I think they're having trouble finding chemistry they made some changes lineup wise Scott Scott Juniper their coach is still searching for things uh, but but they do have talent in place it's just a matter of getting it in the right combinations and being able to sustain success and they're on that road with a four one, and one record in their last six
0: well Scott's a gem of a coach and uh yeah, it, it, it sounds like uh, they had a murderous schedule early in the year. So, uh, you know, hey, the guys, the guy's are proven commodity, and so is that program, as is George Koontz with the men. So hopefully the men get a big one against Riverside and Northridge this week, and same for the women. We have only about five, six minutes left, so let's turn our attention. We've got to cover a little water polo and some women's volleyball. Water polo, the men are 14-4, and four, and that includes a loss last week in beginning MPSF play. The record is glossy. The conference is brutal. It's the best water polo (laughs) conference in the country. Uh, What do you make of it?
3: Well, the good news is is they seem to have made inroads on the top four. They've they've, they've cracked that. They're four in the nation right now. They beat Cal earlier. They beat USC, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, USC, UCLA, Cal, and Stanford are traditionally the top four nationally, been that way for years on end. Uh, Cal has a little trouble right now. They've lost a couple players off their roster for rules violations. They may be vulnerable. So Irvine steps up into that top four, and that means potentially a semifinal in the MPSF tournament. Right. And the winner of that tournament, there are usually two MPSF teams that make the four-team NCAA men's tournament. So they're closer to that uh, in the four spot than they are in the five spot, obviously, and, you know, they're putting it together.
0: Yeah, it it sounds like it. And uh, Mark Hunt, of course, a very clever coach. And and sometimes red shirts people, puts different combinations together every couple of years to give. Well, the annuals consistently are good, but every couple of years they get really good. It looks like the Long Beach State at 17-3, and three, even though they don't have a conference game, uh, would be a contender with Irvine for... Um, yeah, a crack into the Final Four.
3: I did misspeak. They didn't beat USC. USC's undefeated. So yeah,
0: right, right. Th- that's fine. Well, SC is a team to beat. I was uh, listening to a Trojan football broadcast the other day, and Pete Arbogast, who's well, he's slightly sli- slightly biased, isn't he? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. He had, he had him not losing in water polo for a decade or so, and which which he missed on. But uh, okay, yeah. But anyway, yeah. Pete let everybody know they were undefeated, so and the Adirons get him at the right time. So. That's good. And this week, uh, UC Irvine have a big match for Santa Barbara, who, by the way, is fourteen and four. Like Irvine, zero and one, looking for their first MPSF win. So, be nice to get the Gauchos as they come to Irvine, twelve noon Sunday, October twenty first. UCI and UC Santa Barbara um, women's volleyball has been hovering around five hundred. Uh, last I looked, uh, which is an improvement after a disastrous season last year. Are they going the right way?
3: They are they are upward from last season, which some would say. Where else could you go but up from last season? But uh, four and four in conference, like you said, nine and twelve overall. Uh, the conference teams ahead of them—they're tied for seventh in the standings right now, and, and it doesn't appear that there's going to be a great variance for them. They there are they're only the good news is they're only one win away, standings wise, from being in second place. So the possibility is there, but they still are building a roster and talent level that will allow them to compete. Hawaii is far and away, head and shoulders above the conference. Long Beach State has stumbled already. Uh, they have three conference losses, which is unusual for them. Cal State Fullerton beat them as as Fullerton beat Irvine last week. So Fullerton's made a step up, uh, and Irvine is still hovering in the chase pack, but I don't foresee them uh, shocking, you know, producing any any. Groundbreaking results this year.
0: Paula Weishaupt's team had a very fine first year. Dropped off the last couple of years. This, I believe, is her fourth year as a head coach there. Um, with her being uh, somewhat less pressured with responsibilities of of the Olympics and now being removed, uh, is the um, outlook optimistic as far as she's concerned about building it back? Yeah, in the they next definitely benefit
3: years? from from her increased focus on the UC Irvine program. Uh, and they added an assistant from the women's program also, the Olympic program, that's going to help UC Irvine build. Another thing to look at this year in a bright spot, uh, senior libero Kristen Winkler. Yeah. She broke the school record for career digs uh, a couple weeks ago, and she's closing in on the Big West Conference career record. She's 225 away from tying uh, the mark set by Croto in uh, at Cal State Fullerton recently. So...
0: That would be quite a quite a record if uh, if she could be the all time conference leader in a you know, pretty darn solid conference for women's volleyball. So that's good to know. So a lot going on this week, and we will uh, again. I'll let you know uh, coming up in just a moment with as we run down what's coming up in UC Irvine Intercollegiate Athletics. We got sixty seconds. Are are you looking forward to the basketball season? Um, be fun to watch Doug Oliver coach uh, the women's group good guy good coach
3: yeah definitely at this time of year with you get when you get shocked behind you that's yes. that's a sign that you know things are right around the corner I'll be talking to both coaches pretty soon for for preview stories good. and I'm doing some research now to fill out my polls for the big West and getting a feel for it uh, so yeah basketball's fun and we're looking forward to it
0: yeah you know, it's good to see you, Barry it's been too long I, I haven't seen you really since uh late last May and uh, looking forward to Working with you in hoops and baseball and uh, Coach Gillespie, uh, one of our favorite guys, all that coming up. So thanks for being part of the show. We'll see you out at the game. So. Sounds good. All right. We'll take a break. I'll be back to wrap up this edition of the Blue and Gold Report after this on KUCI.
1: Anteater fans, this is head coach Paula Weisshoff of the women's volleyball team. Want the inside scoop on the Anteaters? Then fan us on Facebook by searching UCI Women's Volleyball. Our go to wwwucirvinesportscom slash connect to connect with women's volleyball and all of our UCI athletic fan pages.
0: And welcome back to the Blue and Gold Report here on 88.9 FM KUCI in Irvine. Let's see what's coming up now in anteater athletics this week. The women's soccer team travels to Long Beach State in a Dukes black and blue rivalry game this match beginning Saturday at 7 p.m. Women's volleyball plays twice this week. They'll host San Diego State tonight at 7 o'clock at the Brent Event Center. The black and blue rivalry action is continued in women's volleyball at Crawford Court this Saturday as the anteaters host Long Beach State first serve is scheduled for 7 o'clock. Men's soccer continues Big West action at UC Riverside Wednesday and then returns to Anteater Stadium to host Cal State Northridge on Saturday. Kickoff for both matches, 7 p.m. The men's water polo team hosts its alumni game this Saturday at Anteater Pool beginning at noon and then entertains UC Santa Barbara Sunday in an MPSF match. Sunday's game marks the first home game for UC Irvine in polo since September 7th. So grab brunch and come out to the pool to support this fine team. The men's and women's cross country teams compete at the Titan Invitational. That's this Friday. The women's action kicks off at four forty-five p.m. Well, the starting gun for the men will sound at 5.15 p.m. Paul Smolenski's men's golf team is back in action next Monday and Tuesday at the Bill Cullum Invitational in Simi Valley. And just a reminder, if you're planning to make your way down to the UCI campus this coming weekend, portions of the 73 freeway will be closed due to work being done by Caltrans. And that's it for today's Blue and Gold Report. On behalf of UC Irvine Athletics and KUCI, we thank you for listening. I'm Mark Roberts. Want to get flogged?
2: UC Irvine Athletics has partnered with Flogs to offer fans a free and easy to use calendar tool. Customize your desktop and mobile devices with your favorite UC Irvine team schedules and get automatic updates sent right to your computer or phone. To download your preferred Eater schedules, get started by clicking on the Multimedia tab at ucirvinesports.com.